Hello, folks. Dr. Maurice Selby here, medical director, producer, and co-host of Health in Harlem on WHCR 90.3 FM and the Health in Harlem podcast. While we strive to bring you the most up-to-date, reliable, evidence-based information to help you live the healthiest life possible, this show does not substitute for an evaluation by a trained and licensed medical professional. It is highly recommended that any advice or recommendations on medications, treatments, nutrition, fitness, preventive services, etc. be implemented under the guidance and supervision of your primary medical provider or appropriate specialist. With that said, we hope that you enjoy and learn from our program, and please be sure to let us know how we can best serve you in future shows. Hello, ladies and gentlemen of the listening audience. My name is Maurice Selby. My name is Reed. My name is Michael Holmes. And you're listening to the one and only Health in Harlem on WHCR 90.3 FM New York, the voice of Harlem and the Health in Harlem podcast featured on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, uh, Google Podcasts, you name it. We are essentially on it these days. And um, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Finally, we took a little break. Um, definitely got some updates uh, in between. But yeah, man, uh, as we uh, jump into this, how are you guys doing? I cannot Pretty complain. Good? Yeah, I mean, it's been going well so far. All right. That's what's up, man. I'm glad to see you guys. And uh, just on my end, I mean, a few developments. You know, one, we, we welcomed uh, the newest Selby to the clan, uh, Zora Linnell Selby, my second daughter, Woo! born on November 9th. Yeah. Uh, 1055 a.m., six pounds, nine ounces, 20 inches long, and she likes to be held. So I'm currently <laughs> sleep sleep deprived, um, but definitely enjoying the time with family and stuff. And, you know, um, also, I'm very happy to just be back here with you guys, man, um, in light of everything that's transpired since um, the last time. I think it was reading myself, right? We, we talked about the the battle of the nerds <laughs> last time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's good to be back. And uh, definitely, you know, the world just didn't stop, unfortunately, for uh, the development in my own family. We've seen a, quite a few things take place uh, since the last time we uh, aired a program. And so we have a new president elect, uh, but also we've seen some things change, um, especially when we talk about this pandemic and what's going on. And uh, yeah, here's a, uh, number one is here actually, Imani. Oh goodness. Uh, but yeah, just some, as far as updates and what's going on uh, with the pandemic, as we know, we have seen surges, um, a resurgence here in this country, but really throughout the world, Europe hit hard. And as a result, locking back down, um, as far as the, their economy, really, um, we talk about what happened here in the United States, especially in the Northeast in the spring, you know, it's, it's essentially worse now. And so, um, hence the lockdowns. And, uh, but also on the front of good news, right? We've seen some developments take place as far as uh, therapeutics, um, including probably the most exciting, and we'll just get to it, talking about the recent vaccine developments. So, we've seen Pfizer, BioNTech, 
this partnership between the two companies, uh, one American, Pfizer, and the other, BioNTech, a German company, um, this collaboration yielded a vaccine with, at least in these preliminary results, you know, in excess of 90% efficacy in terms of uh, protecting individuals from uh, COVID, it seems like. And Moderna followed up with uh, results also in excess of 90%. Actually, it was about 94% um, in terms of the protection uh, from COVID-19. And I think, you know, everybody's pretty much aware of that, probably saw it all flashing all throughout the news and the big headlines talking about this, these preliminary results, which are very, very exciting. But we do have to acknowledge the challenges that still remain, right? Um, one, as we said, that's preliminary data. And so that data can change um, as we get more uh, feedback from the rest of the data. And this stuff is not even, you know, actually published yet. Um, so we're still we still need to take a closer look at what's what's going on with these vaccines. Um, but also just looking at the logistics as far as getting this vaccine to as many individuals as possible once they are approved and, um, you know, we start to distribute them, there are significant challenges. When we talk about logistics of just getting this vaccine to individuals, we're not just talking about the manufacturing hurdles, which thanks to Operation Warp Speed, uh, these vaccines, um, along with other vaccine candidates, are being manufactured as we speak. Um, but everything from getting them from point A to point B, especially when we look at some of the uh, storage issues for these vaccines. Um, we look at Pfizer, they need uh, this this vaccine stored at a temperature of negative 70 degrees uh, Celsius. So super cold. And it's just one of those things, right? This is not your local pharmacy <laughs> or hospital that's going to be able to handle um, storing and administering uh, this vaccination. And so those are some of the challenges. Aside from that, just getting the general public to accept the vaccinations. And we've talked about the controversies uh, surrounding vaccinations on this program a number of times. Now, one thing I will say in looking at the preliminary data now, even before these most recent results, um, just checking it out myself, you know, a lot of the reactions that they uh, talk about uh, or that they've experienced are what we've seen with prior vaccinations, with other vaccinations. So most commonly, you know, a little bit of local uh, tissue discomfort at the injection site, maybe a little bit of um, uh, tenderness there, which, you know, really is partly evidence that the vaccine might be actually working. You know, other than that, uh, individuals having some pain at the site with the second injection, and this is in particular with the Moderna vaccination uh, vaccine candidate, individuals uh, did experience some systemic symptoms like fatigue, uh, maybe a little bit of fever at times. Uh, but for the most part, right, for the most part, there were no really significant, um, dangerous side effects. Right. And, and that's one thing that we definitely want are excited about as well. And so really just, just, let's just keep an eye on this and see where this goes. And, you know, this is something that is being created in record time. I think that is part of the concern, including on my end, but especially in the general public, but the way I look at it, right. We look at some of the other vaccines that we currently have, these things were developed 50 and 60 years ago. Technology is very different. <laughs> Uh, the global collaboration, the effort that we see globally amongst uh, scientists and experts in virology and vaccine development, um, there was no collaboration like this at any time, almost in history. And so 
you know, the rap- rapidity with which these vaccines are being developed. Um, yes, it is happening very, very quickly. Um, one thing from looking at the data myself and uh, just looking at the process, they have been sticking to the process, right? In terms of um, having these trials, um, the different phases of vaccine development, all of these things are being adhered to. Now, yes, they have uh, sort of expedited the process, um, but these things are being adhered to. And one reason why we do uh, see this ability to expedite this process is because of where we are as far as our technology, right? The fact that we can communicate like this and do uh, remote interviews just tells us, you know, where we are and able to get something like this done. You know, this vaccine, I mean, the the, um, initial virus and it was isolated and its genome sort of sent out January 20th. So less than a month after this thing first appeared on the radar in Wuhan, China, um, you know, the virus was isolated, its genome basically uh, laid out so that this type of work could be done. And this is something that just could not take place 50 and 60 years ago. So that's why it is able to move so quickly. Um, but I do think that we we could potentially have something that is very, very effective and also very, very, very safe. For all of those individuals out there, if you are skeptical, some skepticism is good. I think it is definitely something that is needed. But at the same time, I think this is a a truly viable option for us going forward in dealing with this disease. Now, real quick, before we get into our main topic, right, because we have this holiday coming up, we see the surging surges in cases um, all across this country. And one thing that we want to get out there is that we, right, despite these uh, developments with therapeutics, you know, we have remdesivir um, that actually had some of the, the final results showing that it is very, can be very effective. Um, especially in preventing individuals from having worsening COVID after they've been diagnosed, um, particularly in hospitalized patients. Um, Dexamethasone has been shown to be really, really helpful. You know, even like today, actually, so the antibody uh, therapy, the monoclonal antibody therapy uh, that actually our president, uh, Donald J. Trump, received when he was hospitalized, you know, that has been approved, right? It, It actually gained emergency approval today from the FDA you know, definitely something to be like, yes, we have another thing, right, to combat, another therapeutic to combat this illness. But again, that is something that is not, it's not like you can go to your local pharmacy and get that. It's not going to prevent you from getting it, right? This is in individuals that have um, evidence of severe COVID, right? So these are very sick individuals. um, And this treatment is not readily available at this moment. All of these interventions that are starting to pan out as being Um, effective in combating this illness, but we should still not let our guard down as far as practicing social distancing, wearing masks, right? Avoiding large gatherings, especially indoors. And with that said, um, this Thanksgiving holiday coming up, we still have to be very, very careful um, in observing those uh, precautions uh, simply because we are at a very crucial time in this pandemic with everybody being indoors and we see these these surging infections um, all across our nation and the world. And so, you know, just because we have these things in the pipeline and and they are looking to be very, very effective, um, and we've definitely gotten better in treating this disease with what we already have, um, it is not the time to go out and, you know, pull your mask off and like start singing Christmas carols at the top of your lungs. Not yet, especially not indoors. Now with that, 
we're going to get into uh, actually the, the actual point of our program tonight um, in observance of Thanksgiving uh, coming up. And as I said, I know it's a controversial holiday. Some people see it as, uh, I guess you could say, a canary in the coal mine for Native Americans, right? Um, this Thanksgiving feast that basically was the harbinger of doom for indigenous people in this country. Um, on the other hand, there are some that see this as sort of the founding, right? One of the founding events um, in this country. Uh, but however you look at it, I think uh, observing this holiday, um, even at a personal level, right? If you don't want to associate it with the national celebration, we definitely need to be grateful. And really that's what our program um, is about this evening is, is really just being grateful and the health benefits that come with that. There are some. Um, so yeah, man, what are you guys grateful for? I'm grateful for so many things. Uh, as much as I hate it and hate going to it, I do. I am very grateful for my job. Um, that's not something that a lot of people can say in this time. I'm grateful for my family, for the roof over my head, the apartment I have, for the experiences that I have on a daily basis too. I'm just constantly looking around and enjoying my surroundings and all that stuff. I'm with you on that, man. Uh, anything for you, Michael? Yeah, I mean, I think especially, you know, during this time and quarantine, you know, I feel like it's it's a lot easier for people to focus on like what we don't have rather than what we do have, you know, like, oh, we can't go out and hang with our friends. But, you know, I think I think gratefulness is kind of like a good way to kind of turn into ourselves during this time. Um, and one of the, the biggest things I'm grateful for as well uh, is family. We're all stuck with them during the quarantine. Uh, and I'm just I'm, I'm grateful to have such a, you know, a good relationship with them and the fact that, you know, they put a roof over my head and like taking care of me during this time. So yeah. word. Uh, I'm grateful for you guys. Uh, number one, as I said, even at the, at the start of this program and also just grateful for, you know, my family at this point. Um, the fact that we delivered our second daughter and really had no complications or issues whatsoever. You know, the sleep uh, problem right now, <laughs> I guess, is. <laughs> Something I'm grateful just to be able to um, be up and support my daughter, you know, and th at those times of night and being mindful of that. I think that's the biggest thing. And a reason why we decided to talk about this is um, over the last decade or so. And so this is relatively new science that is being developed, examining gratitude. And there's growing evidence that um, positive psychology, this sort of um, appreciation for even the smallest things can go a long way, um, not only in improving our mental well-being, even our overall overall well-being, but there's even some evidence that you can physically benefit from this uh, from a health standpoint. Um, and it's, it's something that is not that hard to do, actually. Uh, we really even think about it, especially even in the worst times, right? This has been a rough year, I think, for everybody with all of the things that have happened, um, especially COVID. And believe it or not, there are bright spots uh, within this year or things that I'm, you know, myself, um, and even talking to other individuals, things that people are appreciative and thankful for and acknowledging those things, especially when things get tough, can actually go a very, very long way. And so we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to give you some tips on how to do this so that you can actually uh, practice this and get into this practice of practicing gratitude uh, each and every day. So 
basically there's a, a few studies. Um, one actually just uh, recently um, that showed that studies um, found that giving thanks and counting blessings can help people sleep better, can actually lower their stress, improve their interpersonal relationships. Earlier uh, in 2018, uh, there was a study that found that keeping a gratitude journal decreased materialism and bolstered generosity um, amongst adolescents. Um, more recently, actually, there has been some uh, research actually trying to look at some physical uh, connections in terms of expressing gratitude and, um, you know, sort of counting your blessings and improvements that one can see um, in things like cardiovascular health measures, um, as well as mental health benefits, um, things like decreasing rates of depression, um, decreasing anxiety, and overall increase in positive thinking and well-being. Uh, this is something that has, you know, been panning out. And uh, actually, there was a study. Now, one thing we do want to get out there, right? This is not the cure-all. Uh, there was actually a systematic review of gratitude interventions and its effects on physical health and and health behaviors. Um, this was published in the Journal of Psychosomatic Research um, in 2018. And... Uh, you know, they actually found that they could not, while they could see those benefits on the mental health side and improving overall well-being and even improvements um, in individuals' uh, sleep and quality and even interpersonal relations, they could not 1,000% say that there was a, a uh, actual physical benefit um, when we talk about uh, things like improving individuals' fitness and improving uh, nutritional status, um, but they did say that there just requires this requires more research, right? Um, so right now we can't say that it's going to fix you, you know, from the physical standpoint, you know, as far as dealing with uh, maybe chronic diseases like diabetes, hypertension, um, or even improving your overall physical health. Um, but there are some uh, studies that do. Uh, show some correlations with improvements in physical health. But one thing that's for certain, right, is that uh, we can really see that there is a profound benefit for individuals as far as their um, personal well-being and mental health. And so, um, as I said, it doesn't really take much to do this. Um, and really, we just have to begin to learn to practice this. So um, with this Thanksgiving coming up, man, just keep that in mind. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and they're, they're, you mentioned it before, but they have studies that have shown that practicing words of gratitude um, can actually sort of curb depression in a way. Um, because using words of gratitude, uh, people who use words of gratitude tend to use fewer negative words, um, hmm. connotating fewer negative emotions. Um, and so their, their own inner inner attention what they're paying to what they're paying attention to in their own brain in their day-to-day -day, um, is less attached to negative emotions and more attached to feelings of gratefulness and uh, you know it is something that uh, we can actually learn right I think that's one of the coolest things about this we can sort of classify this in two ways um, now there is sort of a 
conceptualization of gratitude as both a trait and a state, right? So the state of gratitude is found in individuals, right? At moments uh, where they're feeling grateful or appreciative for a positive outcome, right? So maybe you got, um, in, you know, uh, you had some individuals come over, right? For I think, well, prior to COVID, <laughs> you had your family members come over, you guys had a, a great meal and got to be with your loved ones and appreciate their company. Um, and you are grateful for that, right? That is a state of gratitude. Or like I said, my my interaction with you guys right now on this program and the fact that we're going to be able to spread this, um, you know, good news and information to other people um, in our society. I'm grateful for that. Right. This is a state of gratefulness for me just being on this program right now. But also there is a trait of gratitude, which is basically like a wider um, uh, predisposition of individuals to notice and appreciate the world in a way that is positive, right? Um, so it is the person that always sees things or maybe strives to see things um, or uh, things in a way where the glass is half full. So, you know, looking at this, having this mentality of, right, the glass half full. So for instance, this is a podcast. I know sound quality is everything and distracting noises. Imani's right behind me for a four-year-old being very good, occupying herself. <laughs> so I'm grateful for her as my daughter and her wanting to be present with me in this room um, and ready to do her part for this podcast and closing us out, right? I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that she's excited about that and wants to spend time for me. Um, and so even though I'm like, oh man, I don't know how this is gonna like sound uh, in post-production, you know, I'm grateful that she's here with me, you know, on the bright side that Imani is well and wants to spend time with me and with you guys on Health in Harlem. So distinguishing that state, right, uh, the state of gratitude where we are grateful for particular things that happen to us, positive things or, or positive situations um, versus this trait of gratitude uh, where we just look at things in a positive way, a profoundly positive way, and are appreciative for those positive, even amongst the negatives um, in life and in and around us, um, they are very different things. And what we're going to try to focus on in this program is really focusing on that trait of gratitude, right? This is something that we can build in ourselves and, um, you know, really train ourselves to recognize and be appreciative, appreciative of really all aspects of life. I think that's probably the biggest thing and the biggest takeaway from that, um, as well as just appreciating that state of gratitude, right? <laughs> when something good happens, be appreciative, be grateful for those things. And it would bode well for your health um, and overall well-being. And that is shown in the science, right? This is something that is backed up. This is not uh, a bunch of, you know, sort of um, metaphysical mumbo jumbo pseudoscience that we're talking about. This is something that is um, and has been studied and to a degree, I would even say proven um, in the literature, um, especially in the world of positive psychology and, and something that definitely deserves attention um, on this program and really just for all of us. Speaking about that trait of gratitude, uh, I have an example similar to yours um, where I was talking to my mom the other day and we've just sold our house. So she's going to be moving down to South Carolina very soon. 
Um, she was very sad because she was like, this is going to be our last time that we're all going to be together living in New York. It's like, it's going to be the last time that we all can get together this easily. Um, and I kind of flipped it around on her and she, cause she was feeling bad about it. And I said, Hey, I mean, yes, we are spreading across the country and it's not going to be as easy for us to get together, but that just makes the times that we are together even more special because we mm. overcame harder odds to get together and spend time with each other. Um, so, you know, think you might think something is a net negative, but if you approach it from a different viewpoint, it can be a positive thing. Sure, we're not going to see each other as often, but I think the time that we spend together is going to be of more quality. Yes, I'm with you on that. And that's the thing is, is really just shifting the focus from this, uh, uh, maybe, as you said, a loss. But now when you're when you do have those gatherings, it is going to be more special. Right. Um, and uh, that's definitely something to take note of and definitely a way to appreciate um, sort of your family and your connectedness. Uh, with those individuals. Um, so, it, and, and also you do uh, reap the benefits of, as you said, turning that seemingly negative situation um, or negative time into something that is positive, right? Um, and and uh, the great thing, as we said, is that there's a bonus in that. Not only do you feel good when you do those things, but also from a health standpoint, um, we can actually, we actually see um, improvements in our overall health. Now, I want to turn to um, Dr. Ike Shibley. He is a researcher, professor in chemistry at Penn State uh, University, and basically does a lot of research, believe it or not, focusing on ways to facilitate facilitate cognitive development and um, gratitude, and actually did a TED Talk talking about learning to be grateful and how it can increase happiness. And in that talk, he actually um, really gave, a, I think, a powerful tool that we can use to um, enhance this trait of gratefulness in ourselves and even that state of gratefulness. And one thing that he said was that, you know, we can actually begin to um, take these different positive things that we see in our life, right? Um, and what he actually said is not the, the big things, right? I'm grateful for a family or these larger concepts. I'm grateful to, you know, be employed at this time. Um, but he said, get real specific about these things in your life. Um, so for instance, you know, Imani, like listening to her chatter in the background, um, you know, get specific about, you know, what she's talking about. Maybe um, she actually said something really funny. She's she has this little afro and refuses to like let myself or Christine do her you know uh, do her hair and like style it and stuff. And she says that she's just letting her afro stay out. She doesn't want to braid it or anything because she wants to create like a bird's nest on her head, which I thought was hyster- <laughs> hysterical. Like, <laughs> That's adorable. You know? So like yo, know, it's it's so amazing and. Um, you know, I was thinking to myself and I'm like, man, you know, like I really appreciate this. Like the fact that she, you know, even though it's driving us crazy because she won't let us touch her hair to do her hair. But I'm like, wow, the fact that like I really appreciate the fact that she's able to communicate with us. Right. That she has a reasoning as to why she's doing this. Um, but two, like, wow, I'm just amazed. You know, I'm really uh, grateful for Amani's her uh, imagination and 
the way that she, I'm so um, appreciative of the way that she sees the world and that she, right, um, really just looks at nature and loves nature and loves the creatures around her, especially birds and dogs, and actually wants to make a nest in her, <laughs> her head. Um, as ridiculous and funny as it sounds, um, it's definitely something that, you know, rather than being upset, like, oh my goodness, I had to take a second and just be like, yo, let me appreciate this moment and um, even explore her more as to what her reasoning is behind that. And, uh, you know, it definitely went from a, a contentious situation, like, look, we need to get something done about your hair to like, oh, wow, that's actually a cool reason to grow your hair, but you're not going to have a nest in it. <laughs> like, um, yeah, even if the birds were attracted to it, it's like, no, Monty, we, we just can't do that. But I'm appreciative that you, <laughs> that your, you know, uh, imagination is so um, amazing and that you want to provide a, a nice, safe, beautiful home to birds, <laughs> even if it's in your head. And so that, that's just one, you know, sort of example, but really just getting specific. Um, he actually talked about uh, having a walk in his neighborhood. Um, can't remember the name of the park, but he said that going out for walks in this park, he was grateful for not only the park itself, but the fact that it was a a very safe place. Um, he talked about the vegetation around him and particulars about that vegetation, um, the different colors that he saw on the leaves. He talked about the fact that he was appreciative of the other people in the park and how considerate they were, right, to make sure that they kept the place clean and safe for all the others around them. Um, really just got specific. He talked about his dog actually experiencing how happy his dog was to be off of his leash and how well-trained his dog was um, so that he can let the dog, you know, off of it, off of its leash and not have to worry um, about the dog because the dog was so well-trained and how appreciative and happy the dog was um, as it sort of, you know, interacted with, with its surroundings. Um, and so he got real specific and, and just really brought it down to the simplest things possible that he was grateful um, about. And, and so it's something that we can all uh, do. Uh, there was another talk, actually, um, and this one was by uh, David Steindl Rast. That is S-T-E-I-N-D-L uh, hyphen R-A-S-T for anybody that wants to look him up. And um, he actually said that uh, really just looking at the moment, be grateful for each moment in life, right? Second to second. Um, you know, I think sometimes we can have this sort of um, psychology of postponement and saying that, hey, you know, once the winter goes away or when the weather clears up, then I'll be happier. Or when I get through, um, I, I do this actually going into shifts at work sometimes where I'm like, yo, man, oh my God, by the time this thing is done, I will be so happy um, and appreciative and grateful for having gotten through the workday. Whereas um, he says, just being, you know, looking at life and its unpredictability that there is no moment that is promised to us, promised to us, right? And um, really, moment to moment, being grateful for the current moment, right? The state, the, the time right now that we have is an opportunity. Um, and and really, um, he sort of broke it down to being at a crosswalk, right? Where. He says, you know, as, as children, we learn how to cross streets, right? Um, we stop, we look both ways, and then we go. And 
he says that really this is a, uh, something that we really ought to do in our lives and we really don't take the time to do it and to stop, right? Appreciate what is going on around us. Um, get into those particulars um, as uh, Dr. Um, uh, Shipley was saying. And then finally, when we find those opportunities, right, to go with it. So with Imani, right, talking about making this nest out of her hair, not just saying, Look, girl, we ought to get your hair done. No, it's like, wow, I want to explore this with her and see where she's going to take this. <laughs> like, is she really planning to like put twigs and stuff in her hair or is she, you know, or and really just to appreciate that moment um, uh, with her and really, you know, talk with her um, at that time. Just go with the flow at that time and, and appreciate that moment. Um, so stop, look and go. Right. These are just some basic things that we can do to appreciate what's going on. Um around us and and really to be grateful about everything that's happening in our lives. Yeah, I mean I, I think like the the whole like I'd say basis behind gratitude is kind of like that it's kind of like having that that type of social exchange without actually like being in that moment. Um like what I mean by that is like as you're as you're talking about what your your daughter's saying and how like creative she is and how in the moment you're kind of like I want to like, I want to do your hair. Like, why is she stopping me? But then when you kind of like take that step back and like, you know, like just now, like you're reflecting on it and you're like, wow, I'm actually grateful for that. She has a mind like that. You know, it's like, it's kind of having that, that social exchange, like after the fact and kind of like strength, strengthening that, that, you know, gratefulness and that, mm. that, that attitude towards uh, like what she was saying and what she was in that moment that kind of like, continuing forward you kind of can always reflect on that like what you established just now and how you thought about it like going forward like that's always something you could come back to that thought when in the moment maybe you'll have that same thought of oh i want to fix your hair i want to fix your hair but then like now that you kind of grounded yourself in one moment where you're like i'm grateful for that like it kind of like continues to like you know you continue that thought like every time you come across it and i think i think that's like a strong basis for like why gratitude is important in our lives. No, seriously, man. Um, you know, there are, there are other things that we can really do to enhance this too. Um, as we said, we want to really make this a treat amongst ourselves, right? Where we're able to see the positive things um, and be grateful for those things in our lives, even in the worst um, circumstances. Um, you know, it's actually, some things out there that individuals are doing. So sort of um, gratitude journals. So these are um, times during the day, right? And it's actually literally journals that you can purchase that can, um, you know, sort of lay this out for you. So it's, it forces you to sort of acknowledge and write about the positive things um, or what really not even positive things, just what you're grateful for in your life each and every day, right? Sort of forces you to sort of follow this program. Um, there are even applications or so apps that you can have on your phone or tablet that can help you um, sort of engage in this exercise. And as we said, there are sort of the simpler things that you can do um, that we just uh, sort of mentioned um, on your own time in which you can really begin to sort of transform your mind and, and get into this mode of thinking um, so that we can get those benefits that we spoke of um, at the beginning of the show. And, uh, you know, one thing we did talk about in the past on Health in Harlem, sort of building resilience. 
And for anybody that listened to that particular show, that was actually one of the things that we uh, suggested, both myself and um, uh, Dr. Rob Gore, you know, really being grateful even at the worst times. And and that was a time actually when we recorded that show, both myself and um, and Rob, we were actually quarantined. Um, this was at the height of or the initial surge um, with, with the COVID-19 pandemic uh, in New York City this past spring. And we were bouncing around Brooklyn, you know, for 10 weeks, staying in a bunch of Airbnbs, separated from our families, both of our wives expecting at that time. And it was definitely a stressful period, to say the least. It was a scary period in our lives. Uh, but, you know, going back to that that situation, we definitely made the best of that situation. And I think we went into it with a sense of gratitude because I remember both myself and Rob talking to you and we were like, yo, as scary as this is, you know, this is why I went into emergency medicine, why I became an emergency f- physician, right? One of the reasons was to be a part of something like this um, in terms of being on the front lines and, and being there to um, treat patients and help people you know, at the worst possible time. We were grateful, you know, just to be able to be in each other's company. The, I mean, it sucks that we were forced, but we had been talking about that forever. Like, yo, we got to get together. We got to hang out, blah, 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 let's catch up. Um, and, you know, we'd have lunch every now and then, um, but we never foresaw something like COVID forcing us to have to live together um, for two and a half months. And as stressful as it was being away from fa- our families, dealing with COVID on a daily basis and talking about what was happening uh, with our patients, what was happening even with our colleagues as we did lose some colleagues, we were grateful for that time to be together at that moment and to grow together. Um, and we actually you know, provided support for one another um, getting through that whole situation. And as I said, we went into it with that attitude, being grateful to be there at that moment, to be there for our patients, to be able to work together and help each other get through. Um, And I can attest to the way that gratitude can empower you to meet those other challenges in life, right? Because one of the things too about those uh, two speakers that we talked about, they said like, we're not telling you to not acknowledge (laughs) the negatives in the world, right? Or to say that everything is hunky-dory and okay. We are saying that you know, to just be grateful um, for everything in life, right? Even the things that seem negative, there are things about those uh, situations or things about those happenings that we can, right, find something to be grateful about. Even if it's the simplest thing, like I said, just um, the fact that I was able to uh, be with one of my good friends and mentor during that challenging time, I was grateful for that. Um, and to have somebody, um, you know, an additional support system to get through that difficult time. And so that's the power of gratitude. Yeah, yeah I guess so. The, the next question is, how can you start to implement this in your own life? What ways mm-hmm. can you help foster gratitude in your day-to-day experiences? Um, so one of those uh, very highly recommended is to keep a journal. You already mentioned it. They have gratitude journals. You don't necessarily need to get one. You can just get a regular old journal. Um, and then just write down something uh, that you're grateful for or something that caused you joy, uh, whether it's big or small in your day. Um, for, an, for example, for me, the other day I was dreading going to work. 
Uh, I was kind of tired, didn't really want to take the train, didn't really want to work a full shift. Um, and then right on the block before work, I saw like a bunch of, someone spreads out a bunch of bird seed. And so there's always a huge amount of pigeons right in, on that corner. Um, and this dog owner is walking by and his dog is just chasing, starts running at all the pigeons and this dog owner is pulling back on the leash. Um, and for me, that just put me in a good mood watching this guy like struggle <laughs> to restrain his dog as he ran at like a whole group of pigeons that just put me in a good mood. And I thought it was really funny. Um, and then I had a good day at work just because of that one small experience. Um, so for me, it's the little joys that I really like to appreciate, but for you, it could be big ideas, little ideas, anything that causes you joy. That's hysterical. So, I mean, I wonder how that guy felt, though, with his dog, man. Being <laughs> grateful in that moment for him. I don't know. But at least you were great. <laughs> grateful for that. So, But, yeah, man. I mean, you know, definitely, yeah, we could start the journal. Um, as we said, there are apps. Um, there are even um, whole blogs and podcasts devoted to gratitude um, and and sort of, you know, finding ways to incorporate this into your life. Um, and, you know, there are myriad ways in which you can get it done. Um, as we said, stop, right, look and go. Um, you know, that, that was a very useful sort of quick way that I felt like, um, you know, if you're not into the detailed organizing plan or having the journals and stuff, then that's a quick way in which you can uh, do this. And one thing I will say, right, as we said at the beginning of the program, we don't know what your feelings are, right, regarding Thanksgiving. There are people that can't stand the holiday. There are people that live for this. Um, you know, me personally and my family, we celebrate Thanksgiving. And, you know, having learned about this holiday um, and, you know, what it means to different people in our society, um, I crafted my own meaning. And that's what it really boils down to, what it boils down to for me, right? I'm not celebrating the Mayflower coming over and sort of uh, that interaction, you know, with the Native Americans at that time, you know, up in New England. Sounds like it was a nice thing. Um, it sounds like people had a pretty good time for us to be celebrating it hundreds of years later. Um, but really what it boils down to me, uh, boils down to, to me is like this holiday forces me to look at life and say, hey, yo, I'm grateful. My grandmother's still alive. I talked to her last night on the phone. Right. And we had a good conversation. She's still in good health. Um, I'm looking forward to spending time with my in-laws. Now we are doing a small gathering. We've been very careful. Um, and that's like kind of our little core group, um, throughout this whole pandemic. So we will be spending time, uh, with my in-laws and I'm looking forward to that time because I love my in-laws. They love me. And every time we get together, that's something that we, we really enjoy. So I'm grateful for, um, you know, this upcoming opportunity, uh, to be with them. I'm grateful, as, as we said, some of the things that we laid out at the beginning of the show, these are the things that I'm grateful for. And that's the Thanksgiving holiday for me, Maurice Donovan Selby. Um, you know, a lot of the other associations with it in, in our larger society um, maybe doesn't have as much meaning for me, meaning for me. But I do see it as a, a time that forces me to be grateful for uh, things in my life. And I always feel good around this time of year. I think that's because of it, because I'm great. I look at the things that I'm grateful for and we celebrate those things by having this large feast um, and maybe some drinks to accompany it, which is even better. So it's like, I'm grateful for that. That is how I look at this and really how I encourage, even if you're not celebrating the holiday, just be grateful for something, um, you know, this coming week and going forward, right? 
this is not the only time to be grateful um, just this coming week. But we figured, hey, Thanksgiving is coming, so we might as well talk about that on Health in Harlem because it is a healthy thing to be grateful. Be grateful. That's true. Right, Monty? Sorry. (laughs) It's important to note, too, um, like you were saying, is the mental health benefits of gratitude and appreciating life. Um, they're not short-term things. So it's not something that you spend a week being grateful and all of a sudden you're happy. Uh, It's a skill that you build and build and work on and something you learn. um, And over the course of time, you'll find that you're being more grateful for things. Um, So usually the the shortest time scale that people start seeing positive benefits from it is four to eight weeks of practicing gratitude. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely something to implement into your daily routine. I would say, mm. and also one next last thing because um you know upcoming on this program, ladies we'll, ladies and gentlemen, we will be focusing on some uh, um, things such as cardiorespiratory fitness. Uh, one of our upcoming shows, and what really got me into that, um, I think led up to that. Now this is in retrospect, um, but I think being grateful for uh, the ability to right do simple things like walk around or even run. Like, that's what got me on that path. I'm serious. I was like, yo, treating my patients and stuff day to day in the hospital and just seeing the um, disability that people live with and some of the challenges that people face in being right physically active and living an active, healthy lifestyle. I was like, whoa, I have none of those barriers. I really need to be out there. I'm grateful for my, you know, the the ability to have to do certain things. I need to do them. Um, and so that's what led me to you know, sort of engage in, in some of these activities, um, such as running or working out, playing with Imani and, and running alongside her as she's riding her bike to keep her safe, but also to get the the benefits of that activity, you know, um, right? As we said, you know, so some <laughs> from this recent uh, systematic review and meta-analysis um, that was in the Journal of Psychomatic Research, um, I think it's hard to really put a number or to study those intangible benefits, just like this, this positive um, view that you have, uh, because there's no way that you can say, right, that or put a number to me engaging in these activities based on my gratefulness. If you see it, if you see it, I'm saying um, it is just one of those things that uh, brings so many positive outcomes in your life that it is going to be beneficial in many different ways. And I would say that it, it can also manifest in physical ways by encouraging or, or leading you to do things that are in general healthier, whether it's eating healthier, being more active, um, me being more proactive, right? Um, because I'm grateful for my family, my daughters, uh, my wife, me being proactive about getting my colonoscopy because I am grateful for my family and I live partially for my family. And so that forced Maurice Donovan, so we just say, yo, my I need to go get this procedure done cut. to make sure that I, I live my a long, happy, healthy cut. life because I'm grateful for the time. To... All right. It is time for you to close out, Monty, because Maurice is talking too much. You're right. <laughs> Daddy's talking too much. Um, I just so. want to add your top of your lungs. Oh, you love me at the top of your lungs, you said? Mm-hmm. Wow. You see, that's what, that's that's what I'm grateful for, man. That's a oh, strong love. You going to close us out? Yes. You're going to say, okay, so wait, give your daddy a second, okay? So ladies and gentlemen, that is it. This is Health in Harlem, and we thank you for tuning in. Um, I want to thank 
uh, the listening audience for tuning in. And really, the only thing that we ask of you, right, um, as, he said, as we always said, there's no ads on this show. We're not asking you to go out and purchase uh, supplements or vitamins or anything or uh, give us a ton of money. Um, although that would be helpful to continue our activities on Health and Harlem. Uh, but no, we're not asking for that stuff. We just ask that you spread whatever you learned on this program. And also, I want to thank Angela Harden and Tina Dixon at WHCR, um, our general manager and production manager, um, and also the rest of the WHCR family. You also want to send a shout out to Giorgio, um, who else? Ben, uh, Anastasia, Ashley. Just want to shout out the rest of our team. I also want to thank Michael and Reed for jumping in um, on this discussion. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, this show is dedicated to the memory of Miss Gloria Thomas. You ready to say it, Monty? Come to Kingston.